The Action Network Podcast, named Best Betting Podcast or Radio Show by the Fantasy Sports and Gaming Association, and the number one show for the invested sports fan. Ready? All right, here we go. From the 10, throwing end zone. Spectacular catch. They're saying it's a catch. Touchdown. You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh my God, that's incredible. Big bank, small bank, I like to make money, all right? That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? (laughs) And we are underway. Welcome to another edition of the Action Network Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Raybon, and this is your NFL Week 3 betting preview. I am joined, as always, by my Action Network colleague and the Prime Minister of Degenerate Nation, Stucky. Stucky, I'm just going to give you the floor right off the bat to let you gloat. You did a perfect sweep of me last week, 6-0. and uh, You were right about the Colts. Uh, you are back on top. You have, a, a nice, you have some nice breathing room. How do you feel? I feel good that there was a winning week. I feel good for anyone that tailed. I wrote like three or 4,000 words on the slate last week. I did the same for this week going through every game. So make sure you check that out on Action App and ActionNetwork.com. Week two is one of my favorite. Week three is up there too. It's on to the next week. This game can be humbling. You can't get too caught up. I enjoyed last week. I had a couple of things going for me. One, now 12 and one on primetime. So I'm going to, I'm going to cling to that, you know, something about you know, primetime Raybon. Here we go, man. You know, so anyone who wants to tail me don't on primetime because I'm sure we're going to regress heavily uh, to the mean, probably starting with the Thursday night game that we'll get to overall still feeling good trying to get back at I got a lot of ground to make up so we're going to get to the Thursday night preview then uh, for anyone unfamiliar we do our Sunday six pack which is our top six bets that we draft uh, of the week then we'll get into our total our teaser our money line underdogs uh, survivor picks all that good stuff Uh, before we kick things off here two very quick reminders one If you plan to bet the NFL this season and haven't downloaded the free award-winning Action Network app, what are you doing? It's got betting tools, analysis from myself, Stucky, and the whole Action Network team, and it lets you track every bet that you make. And number two, if you want a chance at a free Vegas vacation, don't forget to enter the Action Pods Tournament of Champions presented by BetMGM. This is the free weekly Yahoo DFS tournament we've debuted this season specifically for our podcast listeners. Join by clicking on the link in our episode description, top 10 finishers every week receive over $1,000 worth of Action Network prizes and the top Five punch their ticket to the wild card weekend grand finale where they will compete for the grand prize a las vegas trip for two valued at over five thousand dollars courtesy of bet mgm the official odds provider of the action network podcast we're only two weeks in and we've got 10 players already headed to the grand finale so far but every week it's a brand new game so be sure to enter every week of the nfl regular season for your chance to compete for the vegas trip grand prize just click on the link in our episode description all right let's get right into it stuck let's talk some thursday night football It's not the best game, but it's the only game tonight. Let's bet Thursday Night Football. So this week we got a couple of teams that the expectations weren't too high for the Miami Dolphins. Not going too far. 
uh, to Jacksonville to take on the Jaguars. Jaguars currently a three-point favorite with an over-under of 48 at BetMGM. Stuck, initial thoughts on this matchup. I don't – I mean, look, I've been very vocal on this podcast before that I don't love Thursday Night Football. And if there's a chance for me to avoid having to play it, people always ask why. Generally, it's a sloppier product. There's more injury risk. There's more injury uncertainty leading up to the game. And then there's more injury risk during the game with, you know, on a short rest, you don't have much, as much time to recover. Um, and it's generally just been a, a pretty awful product for the most part. And then, look, I bet Thursday Night Football last week and, and the Bengals get a, uh, an excruciating backdoor. So it's hard for me to get a feel for this, for this Jags team. I mean, they've, Gardner Minshew has played really well. But against the Colts, you know, they were pretty fortunate. They were outgained by 200 yards. Last week, they put up a lot of yards to get almost 500 yards. But the Titans, I mean, their entire secondary was hurt at one point. You know, Dory Jackson's on the IR. Fired went out. You have a seventh-round draft pick from Marshall, rookie that's playing corner. He's been the worst corner in the NFL so far in Jackson. The other Jackson, Chris Jackson. So I don't know how much to take from it. Now, I can tell you that Shark might not play. Linder, who's a really good center, is out. They're going to have to put their underrated kicker, Lambeau, on IR. So they have some pieces out. The defense is still really bad. And we've seen that in the, in the first two weeks. They just, I mean, they basically sold all their pieces. It's really young, really inexperienced. But I can say that I initially like the over. I think both these teams will be able to score on two questionable defenses. But, I mean, it's been bet up to 48. I think it opened at 44, 45. So I don't see much value left in it now. The question, one of the things that I'm going to be watching for, is Chark going to play? He's questionable because Byron Jones is out for the Dolphins. So that leaves... You know, it's it's an interesting corner situation in Miami because you have Zayvon Howard, who's one of the highest-paid corners in the NFL, and then you have a rookie in Noah Igbanagi. A guy always say his name wrong. Like, every single time, I'm like, all right, now I know how to say his name, and then I forget it. Let me try to say it again. Noah Igbanagi. I think that's how you say it. So he's a rookie, you know, out of Auburn. And last week, they Byron Jones went out with an injury after three snaps. And interestingly enough, they put him – on Diggs, and they had him follow Diggs, on the, and not Howard. And then after, I mean, Howard got beat on the pass to Brown. He said it was his fault, but he was getting burnt by Diggs. I mean, Diggs had five catches for 130 yards and a touchdown when matched up with Ig- Ig- Big Nogany. I mean, it's a tough assignment for a rookie. So I don't know what they're going to do. If they're going to put X Howard on Chenault, if they're going to put the rookie on Chark, if he plays, and there's going to be some opportunities. They might be moving pieces around in the secondary. On paper, I'll just close with this. I don't love the game. On paper, I do have the Dolphins rated right now as the more talented team. Not by much. So with home field not, you know, obviously being three points, if this got to a flat three, I would look at the Dolphins. But maybe I'm underrating the Jaguars who continue to – uh, overperform. So I'd lean Miami if this was like three, three and a half. I might put a small play in, but it's not a game that I'm running to bet. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I actually like the Jaguars in this spot. And uh, I have it rated a little bit higher going the other way. I have it with the Jaguars as three and a half point favorites. And the kicker situation does make me nervous because Josh Lambeau was low key, probably the best in the NFL over the last year, couple of years. I mean, he was just automatic. Watch your mouth. This out of Tucker, this side of Tucker, disclaimer, this side of Tucker. But 
I look at this Dolphins team and I just don't see enough. And, you, you know, you talked about DJ Shark. I think that's what, you know, is kind of taking people by surprise with this Jaguars team is that they're, they are difficult to rate power rate because no one knows any of their players and you know dj chark he hasn't done anything with mincho's quarterback which is interesting yeah as good as Minshew is playing and he's playing very well he's number seven in the league in passer rating uh you know he's top you know he's top half in adjusted net yards per attempt like even last year he he didn't do anything great but he didn't do anything poorly like he was already better than like sam bradford last year was Minshew. Um, you know, in the sample size that we got, which, you know, is predictive after a few hundred dropbacks. And, um, you know, DJ Shark is tied for fourth on the team with seven targets. Now he has 100 yard, 109 yards and a touchdown, so pretty good. But uh, you have Keelan Cole really stepping up. Uh, he came on a couple years ago, then faded, but he's actually leading the team in receiving. Chenault, the guy I really like. Conley, they have Westbrook just sitting on ice. He was one of their top receivers over the last three years. Uh, he's been a healthy scratch. So I actually don't think that the uh, Chark injury – he's a great receiver, but I don't think it will burn them against Miami because they've – this is this team this year. They, I mean, look at James Robinson, the, the undrafted rookie playing running back. He's got, uh, you know, 82 yards per game uh, on 16 carries a game, 5.1 yards an attempt through two weeks. Uh, you know, four balls, 11.5 yard per reception average. I mean, this is the Jaguars in 2020. They're just getting it from uh, contributions from everyone. And Miami, I think they're going to have some issues against Minshew. Uh, I have him rated as a top 10 fantasy quarterback this week. Uh, love him in wow. fantasy. Yeah. And it's, I think corner does too. So I think we're, or, or Friedman. So, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's Minshew week uh, in week three, but you look at Miami's defense, and we knew it would take some time. They brought in some new pieces. Uh, the Jones injury hurts because Igbenogany uh, allowed 7 of 11 uh, passing last week for 145 yards, 20 points. Wow, that's so much smoother than me, by the way, the pronunciation. <laughs> I mean, I've been, I've been, you know, he's one of the – And it's a defensive player. It's not even like one of your fantasy guys. I'm impressed. Hey, hey you know I know these guys. Come on. Didn't we go, like, rattle off a list of fullbacks on last year's opener? Igbenogany. You just got to kind of let it slide off. But, yeah. It sounds great when you say it right for what it's worth. <laughs> so, trying to get back on it in prime time, I think this guy, the Whites, uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be tough. On the season, he's allowing 12.5 yards per target. Uh, he's, he's allowed two touchdowns already. But, but here's the thing, and, and, and I think this is why I think the over may still be a play as well, um, even though, you know, Jacksonville dealing with some injuries. Miami has the second highest blitz rate in the league. They're, they're sending extra rushers a lot. Uh, only Pittsburgh has blitzed more. And yet they're tied for the fourth fewest pressures with 11. If you give Minshew time to throw, he's going to burn you to whoever receives. Because that's his, that's his game. He's going to spread it around. He's going to make the right throw. Uh, I like Jacksonville. Jacksonville doesn't get much pressure either. So I still think this game uh, could get over. But uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, it's kind of worn off a little bit as far as the, the Fitz magic. Fitz magic. Fitz magic. Fitz magic. Uh, he's averaging well under seven yards per attempt lately. And I just think Jacksonville against this defense is in a good spot. You have them, you know, they faced two running quarterbacks, right? They faced Cam Newton and Josh Allen, two guys notorious for not throwing the ball at a high volume rate, not throwing the ball at the most efficient clip. And yet Miami's allowed the seventh most passing yards and, and they faced two rushing quarterbacks. They've also given up uh, the third most rushing yards, of course, 93. Uh, second most rushing scores, a pair. Uh, you know, so 
this is a, a defense that is now facing another quarterback that combines, you know, efficient passing, probably more efficient than Allen and, and, and Cam, if we're being honest, as a thrower, uh, with, with enough rushing ability, uh, some very good rushing ability, actually, to get things done. So obviously, it would be ideal if Chart played. Uh, it might actually make it, uh, I w- might make it, you know, Miami, uh, excuse me, Jacksonville uh, by three, you know, three and three quarters instead of three and a half, uh, or maybe up to four. But I think Jacksonville is a clearly better team here. The home field is not going to do too much, um, you know, interstate rivalry, but uh, this Miami team, they almost got the backdoor cover against New England, uh, but generally have looked listless outside of that kind of late comeback against Buffalo. But uh, you, you don't give up 400 yards to Josh Allen. Like, you know, you just, you just don't do it. Um, so I think Miami's going to struggle uh, on defense. And, and I actually got this at a juiced up two and a half. So if you can get that somewhere, uh, I, I say the play is Jacksonville. Um, if it's, if it's three and a half, I agree. I, I would probably weigh off. I think three, you're kind of, you're right on the brink of, of it. it could go uh, either way. I would lean Jacksonville there though. Cause again, I do have them uh, at three and a half. Buffalo beat Miami last week and they gave up 28 or more points that ended a 39 game losing streak by the bills when they gave up 28 or more. Uh, the last time they won a game when they gave up 28 or more was in 2011. And then the other thing I'll add is these are two poor defenses. Yep. If you don't love a side going into this game, if one of these teams jumps out to a lead, the other team is going to have opportunities to come back. So taking a, you know, a shot and either trading it or taking a shot with a team that's behind live, not a bad idea. I like that call. Yeah, so that's the Thursday night game. Again, uh, you have it power rated as – the Miami Dolphins plus 2.3, and I have it Jacksonville minus 3.5. So I like the Jags. You're basically staying away, maybe looking for a live bet. Speaking of the Thursday night action, BetMGM has a great sign-up offer for tonight's NBA Western Conference Finals game. Customers can bet $1 and win 100 in free bets if either the Lakers or the Nuggets hit a three-pointer in tonight's game. Just sign up and make your first bet using bonus code ACTION100. Download the BetMGM app today or visit BetMGM.com to sign up and use the code ACTION100 to bet $1 and win 100 in free bets if there's one three-pointer scored in tonight's Western Conference Finals game. As a reminder, you must be 21 or older and physically located in Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Nevada, or West Virginia. Please gamble responsibly. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and Nevada, 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey and West Virginia, or 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Promo offer not available in Nevada. Stuck. Let's get to our coaches pep talk. We do it every week. This week, I'm going to dedicate this one to Gardner Minshew against that Miami defense. It comes from the dearly departed R.I.P. Wilford Brimley from the 1981 film Absence of Malice. Again, dedicated to Gardner Minshew. Come sundown, there's going to be two things true that ain't true now. One is that the United States is going to know what in the good Christ is going on around here. And the other is I'm going to have somebody's ass in my briefcase. All right, Stuck, you had a big week last week. I know you're rearing to get back at it, so let's crack open the Sunday six-pack. Thirsty for action? Let's crack open the Sunday six-pack. So for my first pick, 
in the week three Sunday six pack. I am going with the boys again. Two weeks in a row, they let me down last week. Uh, they still got the win, which just shows you what a dumpster fire Atlanta is with Dan Quinn. Great job, guys, rehiring him after a fluky uh, end to last season. Um, that's, that's for another conversation. Dallas, plus five and a half. If it gets to six, even better. But I have this game power rated as the Cowboys plus three and a half. At Seattle, I think this is a huge overreaction to Russell Wilson's huge performance last weekend. And I should know because I've been banging the Russell Wilson drum all offseason. I said they were pretty much the best value in the NFC in, in, in every different market, whether it was win totals, division, uh, Super Bowl, conference, all that good stuff. So I, I love Russell Wilson. In his entire career, he's had one O-line that's pass blocked uh, better than eight, ranked better than 18th in pass blocking. The other top six quarterbacks in rating since he came into the league, they've only had two below average pass blocking O-lines in 24 combined seasons. So love Russ, but this is too many points for the Seahawks to be given up. They're 13-5 and five since the start of last season, but they've only won by six or more in 38.8% of their game since the start of last season. Uh, they are 7-12-1 against the spread as a home favorite going back to 2017. They've won by six or more in that spot just 30% of the time. One of those wins came against Jacoby Brissett and the Colts, 46 to 18. And another one of those wins came against Nick Mullins uh, and the pre-elite Niners defense of 2018. Outside of two blowouts against backup caliber quarterbacks, uh, they're just four for 18 in terms of winning games by six or more. This is a tough, still a tough opponent in Dallas. We saw, you know, that they can, you know, light it up on offense uh, and score in a hurry. Um, Atlanta, of course, gave them some breaks. But, you know, Seattle's still um, been vulnerable on defense. You know, they, they gave up a ton of yards to the Falcons. They uh, nearly let the Patriots somehow miraculously come back and pull off the, the comeback, even though it should have never gotten to that and wit Russell Wilson's outstanding performance. So. Uh, I really like Dallas in this spot to cover. Um, they've failed to cover in, in two straight. And, and you know, that's generally uh, a, a spot that you want to target uh, in betting. I know you've kind of talked about, you know, there's going to be overreactions. And uh, Dallas is 0-2 against the spread. Seattle is 2-0. Matthew Friedman has a piece up on the Action Network. Uh, 59% are, you know, teams that are in, in these kind of spots. So uh, good spot for Dallas. Uh, like it at five and a half, but if you can get to six, even if it's, you know, 115, 120, I, I would probably still take the six to be safe, but um, you, you probably get even better percentages. Uh, you get, you do get even better percentages uh, on those trends I just talked about if you take out some of the, the six point wins. So uh, really like Seattle, uh, Dallas in this spot to cover against Seattle. Uh, you just know, you just know it's going to be a one, a one score game and a close game, right? Yeah, I completely agree with you. I would have taken Dallas as one of my picks if you didn't take them first. Um, I played them here plus five. I'll add if I can get six. But coming into the year, I made Dallas here a tiny favorite. Now, I've adjusted Seattle a bit, and then Dallas is obviously not healthy. So I still make Seattle, you know, a favorite, but not over a field goal. There are some – I think Tyron Smith, who was in practice today, is going to play. That'll be big. But, the, you know, the corner injuries for Dallas are concerning. Awuzie's not going to play. You already have Anthony Ouzier. Brown. Awuzie. Awuzie. He's not going to play. <laughs> Anthony Brown's already out. Diggs is banged up. You're going to have Brandon used car or Brandon washed car in there. Um, so it's, 
it's not an ideal situation at corner. I'm sure Russ will hit, will get his, but the Dallas offense should also eat. You know, Russell Cook and Dallas will eat. It's an interesting uh, pace clash. Dallas is a speed racer, and, and Seattle is a snail. It's one of the fastest teams in Dallas versus one of the slowest well, teams in Seattle. Well, Seattle might uh, be slow, but but they'll score fast. Oh, yeah. They'll <laughs> they, don't, they don't need a lot of plays. <laughs> yeah, they'll put up points. And, but, yeah, the corner situation is a little concerning for Dallas. But, um, look, this Seattle defense, I love the additions of Dunbar and Adams to the secondary. And I think it's going to pay off. They have great linebackers, too, eventually. But this is a brand-new scheme with brand-new players playing together, and there's been communication issues. There's, you know, Adams is, is getting a lot of pressure on the quarterback. I think he had 11 pressures last week, and the next best, the next highest was Bruce Irvin, who's now out for the year. This defensive line gets no pressure whatsoever. Uh, so Dallas – I mean, Dak's going to have all day to throw. They're going to be able to run the ball. Uh, and it's just going to take time for the Seattle secondary to gel. And Marquise Blair is also out for the year. Um, he was a, a guy they used in a, a you know really versatile guy they used in a bunch of different ways. So this Seahawks defense, yeah, it's really bad. I mean, they they could have lost to the Patriots. The Falcons game, each, they both averaged the Falcons Seahawks both averaged six point six yards per play, misleading, very misleading final score. Uh, this should be a one possession game, like most Seattle games. I you know I wouldn't be surprised if it's last team, last quarterback with the ball wins the game, whether it's Dak or Russ. So I completely agree with you. At this point, I think most of the value has been bet out of the the total. It's up to 56 and a half at BetMGM. That's actually where I make it. It, it, it essentially broke my model. Uh, I make it that. Uh, just an interesting note, at when Seattle's been a home favorite the last seven times, uh, five of those seven have gone uh, 59 or higher. And both Seattle games this year have gone over 60. So, uh, you know, this is going – this should be a, a high-scoring contest, um, you know, and, and uh, but 56-and-a-half is where I have it. Maybe I, – I imagine at some point some big money will come in on the under just because that generally happens. But if you are looking for an over to bet and you just want to kind of kick back and watch two good offensive teams play some ball, I don't hate it. And there are actually it – it's been a high-scoring couple of weeks – this year was talking to Sean Corner. Uh, completion percentages are up to over 66. Pass attempts are up. Sacks are down. So it's been a high scoring couple of weeks. But uh, a lot of unders, I think, to hit this week. And this is not this is not one of them. So I would also wean the over if you can just get it any lower than, than the number it's at now, which is you know 56 and a half where I have it. But uh, both of these offenses, top seven uh, in pass and run early down success rate. So so Dallas can absolutely hang with Seattle. I'm usually betting on Russ and the Seahawks because they're usually a little bit undervalued. Uh, but in this spot, this is when you have to you have to fade them five and a half. Uh, is just way too many points. I think we're both in agreement here. Uh, where are you going with your first pick of the uh, week three Sunday six-pack? All right, for the second pick of the Sunday six-pack, I'm going with a team that I rarely get to bet or say on this podcast, and that's the New England Patriots at BetMGM. They are six-point favorites. Um, look, just to set the stage of everything – about week three, and this applies to week two, but it just gives you a good reference point. You know, teams that failed to cover in both weeks one and two are 76 and 55 against the spread since 2003. Teams that didn't cover in the first two weeks and lost both games outright, you know, that's the Vikings, the Jets, the Panthers, Texans, Lions, Eagles, all those teams that you want, 
you really don't want to bet after seeing them the first two weeks. Well, those teams in week three are 56 and 36 against the spread, about 61% since 2003. So just to set that up again, that's just along this theme, buying low, selling high. Go check out my piece if you haven't. It's just a great spot. Look, I was on the Raiders last week. Uh, against New Orleans, and I said, man, do I really hope the Raiders win this game because it'll set up a great spot against New England. New England off of a loss, number one. You're getting bitter Bill. Did you see a picture of him today? You know he's been watching middle school tape of Darren Waller all week, uh, not sleeping. But, I mean, just Bill Belichick off of a loss is – I mean, it's astonishing what he's done. Now, overall, his against the spread numbers are are 60%. But after a loss – He's ridiculous, 34-13. and 13. That's 72.3% against the spread. That's about a 44% ROI. Covering those games by just under six points per game. It's amazing. Everyone knows he's the best coach in the NFL, and he continues to exceed expectations in these spots. So you're catching a Raiders team on a short week after an emotional win when they unveiled their new stadium over the Saints, traveling across the country for an early kick against New England off of a loss. It's just a great spot. Now, teams in this spot, teams traveling on the road, inferior teams catching six or more points on a short week, playing an opponent that's on full rest, are 16-27-1 against the spread, about 37% since 2003. From a matchup perspective, look, you know what what the Raiders are. They're a very good offense and an awful defense. This year, they're, I think, 30th. In DVOA and defense and like 10th in offense, it's been two weeks. Well, that's what they were for all of last year, too. It's, it's who they are. They're, they don't have corners. They don't get pressure. You can run on them. So I, I think New England's going to be able to bully just down the field, control the clock, wear out the Raiders. They're going to be able to take shots. They're going to be able to throw it to Edelman against Joyner in the slot. I mean, Cam Newton is – I've adjusted the Patriots up because Cam Newton's looks healthy. And he's – I mean, he leads the NFL in completion percentage on passes 10 yards or greater. And then the other side of the ball. So, look, anyone's going to score against the Raiders unless you just have a, a sloppy, incompetent game like the Saints did. But the Raiders' defense, it's just awful. On the other side of the ball, what does Bill Belichick do? He takes away your, a team's biggest strength. So, what, is, what are the Raiders' biggest strength? It's their offensive line is the, is the first part of it. Now, they do have some injuries on there, so it's not as strong as it usually is. But it's running the ball to Jacobs, throwing the ball to Waller. So, you know – that the Patriots are just going to completely load the box and they're going to bracket Waller. I have one fantasy team. I'm not even, I don't think I'll start Waller this week. I, the Patriots will make like, we'll have two, two players on them. And the reason that they can do that is they have corners that are capable of just playing man on islands outside against the young Raiders receivers. Now maybe rugs gets deep for one or two, but they're going to bring pressure. They're going to load the box. Uh, Carr is going to be a little hesitant as he usually gets throw it down the field. And that's what Belichick's going to make the Raiders do to beat them. Huge coaching mismatch in this one on a short week. Great spot. Uh, I think the Patriots will be able to game plan Waller and Jacobs out of this game. And like most teams, the Patriots won't have any issues moving the ball down the field against the Raiders defense. So give me the Pats minus six. Anything under seven I like in a great spot to back Bitter Bill. 
Yeah, while you were talking, I actually just bet this game. Uh, I meant to do it before the podcast, but uh, was rushing. So, yeah, I, I def- definitely just took the Patriots uh, at minus six. And not only do you have Belichick coming off a loss, 73% against the spread, but you have John Gruden in a letdown spot, just 21 and 35 against the spread, 37% coming off a win. So this is like the dream wow. spot for a coaching uh, mismatch. Now, I shouldn't say mismatch because Gruden, decent coach, you know, he's, he's got his track record. But, uh, you know, you're not standing up to Belichick uh, in this spot. And, and I agree with you. I think as long as Cam's healthy, I have my doubts that he'll stay healthy for a full year, especially after he's taking hits like that last play of the Seattle game. But uh, as long as he's healthy, he's playing well. Edelman's hanging in there. Um, Gilmore, I'm a little, I'm, I'm going to be monitoring Gilmore. I, it doesn't really affect how I'm betting the game, but uh, just a 50.1 coverage grade through two weeks, uh, actually a lower grade uh, from pro football focus against Miami than against Seattle where he got torched uh, for the season. He's given up uh, 148 yards and a touchdown. He does have a pick, but a uh, 75% completion rate, 12.3 yards a target, 18.5 yards per reception. Uh, so I'm going to be monitoring if that turns around. I think it will because New England doesn't have to worry about Derek Carr moving around at all. They don't have to play all that zone uh, that they did a week ago against Russell Wilson. So, yeah, I'll, I'm with you on this one. Love the Patriots. Hope you're enjoying this great Action Network podcast. I want to make sure you know about the Locked On Podcast Network. Locked On has a daily podcast on your favorite team. Welcome to you, Locked On 49ers. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. Welcome, everybody, to the Locked On Lakers podcast. Let's go. Locked On podcasts are hosted by the local experts who know your team better than anyone and give you the inside scoop. So go to your podcast app and search Locked On, your favorite team. Subscribe to your Locked On podcast. For the third pick in the week three Sunday six-pack, I'm going with the G-Men plus four against the San Francisco 49ers. I also like the under in this game, so I'm hoping for a double dip. Uh, Bet both of these. Talked about it in our early bets piece that comes out weekly uh, on Tuesdays at actionnetwork.com. But uh, I know the Giants have kind of played a rusty big band, and they they played, you know, Mitch – you call him Mitch Bortles. I call him Money Mitch when he's winning – uh, and Mitch False Bisky when he's losing. You've just been bortled. But they played those two guys, and, and don't look now, but the Giants are top three in defensive early down success rate against the run and the pass. Might be the most uh, surprising stat that I've seen uh, all week. Actually, I got, I got another one later in the show uh, about Pittsburgh, which is equally surprising, but um, this, this is right up there for the most surprising stat. And then, I mean, the injuries, like where do we start? You know, Jimmy G, ankle injury. Uh, is he going to go? Probably not. They're talking about the, the MetLife turf and, and how, you know, they, they're going to be cautious with guys after the, the, the uh, you know, the carnage last week against the Jets. You got your top two running backs, Raheem Mostert and, and Tevin Coleman. Uh, both have knee injuries. They're not going to go. Debo Samuel, your top receiver, still on the injured reserve with a foot injury. Uh, George Kittle. Nursing uh, a knee injury, they're probably going to be cautious with him. Doesn't look like he's going to go. So you're going to get Nick Mullen starting, uh, you know, for the, for the 49ers. Somehow, you know, Saquon Barkley's out for the Giants, and, and the 49ers still get a bigger uh, knock in the power ratings uh, with all of the injuries they have. They also lost Nick Bosa, one of the best defensive players in the game. They lost, you know, it, it's just uh, Solomon Thomas. Thomas, Ford. It, 
Oh, I mean, it just doesn't stop with this. Sherman's thing. out. I mean, uh, it's 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 absurd. It's absurd. So I have it. I have it. Uh, Giants plus three, and I, I mean, I'm. It might even. I might even go to two point five, two and a half. Uh, I know Sean Corner of uh, the Odds Maker actually has it at two. Uh, I, I believe you have it around what three, three and a half as well. So uh, this is just a. Uh, a spot where it's going to be two teams that are banged up. You expect a close, low-scoring game. Uh, I like the under in this spot as well. Uh, I make it uh, 39 and a half. So I actually make this game two and a half. I recently uh, moved it to two and a half just because it, even with Saquon Barkley out for the Giants, the 49ers still get a much bigger knock in the power ratings with the long list of injuries you know, uh, mentioned all the guys uh, at the skill positions, one at each one. You, you still have your, your, you're playing with a backup uh, at center. Uh, you, you know, you, ha- you mentioned Thomas, D Ford, Sherm. I mean, it doesn't stop for the defense. Uh, so I expect a low scoring game in MetLife. Uh, the Niners being cautious, don't want to suffer any more injuries on this turf. Oh, by the way, West Coast team traveling east for the second week in a row. I mean, you just have all the recipes of an ugly, ugly game uh was disappointed that the jets 49ers under uh did not cash last week ended up hitting 44 though i did get a live bet in under 46 and a half so i uh, was able to still salvage that a little bit but uh, i'm going right back to the giants here in what i think will be a similar game script uh to the, the game against chicago and i am uh, also banging the under in this game as well uh i would take it all the way down at this point to 41 you can still get it at 41 and a half at bet mgm the official odds provider of the podcast but yeah going with giants plus four i think it should be uh below field goal yeah i completely agree with you uh i'm on both as well giants anything at four or above and i'm on the under as well with you and yeah i mean the San Fran, what do they do great on defense? I mean, they had Sherman, who takes away one half of the field, and they get pressure as well as anyone. They're missing 70% of their pressures from last year right now with their injuries and Buckner gone. And, you know, Kinlaw's been good as a rookie. But, I mean, this defense – and then Sherman is is out. I mean, it's shocking the amount of injuries they suffer. Then the offensive end, you have all the injuries of the receivers. You have Kittle out. You're starting quarterback, two of your lead backs – I mean, it's crazy, and I think they're going to be cautious with all of them. They actually didn't go home. They went to West Virginia, but on this field, I think they're going to be cautious. They're going to run the ball a ton, which actually plays into the Giants' strengths, relative strengths on defense. They just don't have the weapons to exploit that Giants' secondary. And, you know, the Giants have some good run defenders up front on that defensive line in the interior that I think are going to disrupt San Fran. It's going to play slow. They're going to run the ball a lot. And the San Fran still has some talent. It's still the Giants' offense. But uh, I don't think the Barkley loss is as big as people are making it. I mean, he they they can't really run the ball at all with him. So they're still not going to be able to run the ball without him. And you have him and Evan Ingram in there, and neither of them can block. Like, they can't block at all. They can't pass block. So if you can't run, then, I mean, might as well – it still sucks to lose Barkley. Might as well get someone in there that could just pass protect for Jones um, when you are throwing it. Um, ironically, so oh, I was going to say, uh, ironically, Devontae Freeman, who they just signed, is probably one of the worst pass blockers in the league. So I still expect to see a lot of, of Deion Lewis, but you're true. absolutely right. You're, you're yeah. absolutely right because uh, non-Saquon backs for the Giants since the start of last season uh, are averaging just three 
6.1 yards per carry uh, on nearly 100 carries. So um, they're not going to be able to convert third downs. That that's that's what I think is going to kind of lead toward the under. But I wouldn't be surprised if this game is like three nothing San Francisco at the end. Yeah, it could be uh, a replica of Redskins. 49ers from last year, but I completely agree with you. Um, imagine, imagine, imagine getting a shutout and getting a cover. <laughs> Has that ever happened? Yeah, that's <laughs> the Redskins. The Redskins were catching ten. I oh believe, last yes, year. and they lost like nine nothing, right? Yeah, that's the only time in the NFL Niners. History it's happened. To the Niners. Yeah, to the oh, Niners. This is here we go. I'm calling it now. Putting it out. <laughs> well, yeah, three nothing. There you go. We'll cover by get, a point. Get the again. four. Cover the four. All right, for my fourth pick of the Sunday six pack. I am going, and I might be on an eye on this one. I'm going with the New Orleans Saints minus three at BetMGM against the Green Bay Packers. I think it, you know, there might be a juice three out there. I got three flat earlier in the week. For this contest, it doesn't matter if they win by three. It's not a win anyway. Before the season, when both teams are healthy, I made this line seven and seven and a half. Now the Packers have played a little better. I haven't budged their power ratings that much. Look. I mean, what the Packers are setting records. They're the, the third team in NFL history to score 40 points or more in the first two weeks. They're the second team in NFL history to eclipse 1,000 yards of offense and 85 points in the first two weeks of a season, joining the 91 Bills. But look, they played the Vikings, a bunch of rookie corners, a decimated defense. And then they played the Lions with a rookie corner making his first start and the rest of their secondary out. I mean, Look, this is the same offense as last year. I don't understand. Everyone, all of a sudden, the narrative was the Packers overachieved. They're going to regress. Then they had a bad draft. And then now it's, oh, they beat two bad teams in two weeks, Super Bowl. Like, no. So, I mean, the defense has been in blowouts. They've been had huge leads. This is still an awful run defense. The Saints, look, Michael, I'm a huge, I'm leading the charge on Drew Brees is done. He has no arm strength, and now his accuracy is gone. And, I mean, he was I, – I said last week on the pod, he was 24th in adjusted completion percentage after week one. And Michael Thomas, I'm assuming, is out for this game. And I still make it just under five. So I'm definitely laying three here in a spot where Sean Payton's the third most profitable coach in our database, 128 coaches after a loss, uh, right, right up there with Belichick since 2003. They'll bounce back here at that embarrassing performance. Look, it was just a sloppy game. One of those games on the West Coast, everything went wrong. I think that – New Orleans, even without Thomas, they're going to be able to move the ball with their short passing, and especially on the ground. It wouldn't shock me if New Orleans runs for 250 yards uh, in this game. They're going to, I cannot see Green Bay just extending and blowing them out like they did on their first two opponents, which then forces their opponent to throw, and that plays into how Green Bay wants to play defense. On the other side of the ball, this is the first real defense that Green Bay will face all year with actual NFL corners that aren't rookies. So this line is an extreme overreaction, and judging by – everyone's bets it's not because the entire world is on green bay i was talking with a, an odds picker out in vegas he said s- seven out of every eight bets is coming in on the packers so this is a definition of a buy low sell high spot after the new orleans looked awful on monday night and the packers have set all kinds of records but against bad teams i'm not overreacting give me the saints here as three-point home favorites yeah, I would probably be right with you. Um, I actually have it, my, my line power rated for the Saints uh, minus three. So I'm in line with the market. And that's you and corner. I'm right. shocked at all this. And for me, and, and you know, this was this was something that I've been saying, you know, before the season, I wrote a piece about it in week one, the quarterback cliff. It's swift. It comes fast. It 
takes us by surprise sometimes because quarterbacks can be so good for so long. And once you get into, you know, your late 30s, early 40s, you never quite know. Like, you have a guy like Tom Brady, he goes on forever. Drew Brees, you think he's done, then he comes back with one of his best seasons last year after looking kind of shaky in the, in the previous year. So you never know. But I, I'm officially worried about Brees. Uh, you know, the completion percentage down 10 points. You mentioned the awful Raiders defense. The fact that New Orleans came out so flat on offense and couldn't do more against that defense. On the, I know it was on the road, and New Orleans doesn't play as well on the road, but that's a little worrisome. Now, I do think, like, if you're going one way or the other, you have to take – you have to bet on New Orleans because it's kind of an overreaction spot. So I do agree, but uh, this is a stay away for me just because I, I'm anxious to see, you know, what Breeze can do, and especially without Thomas. I mean, his completion percentage is down 10 points while the league average has gone up. So he's actually now below league average completion rate. After setting the record and breaking it the last two years, he's 64-7. The league is above 66. Uh, and his yards per attempt is under seven. Now it's just two weeks. But, again, he played the Raiders. So uh, I do, though, think that New Orleans has a decisive edge when they, when they hand the ball off to Kamara and, and Murray because Green Bay, through two weeks, uh, for as well as they've played, number 32 dead last in early down success rate on deep defense that's per sharp football stats and uh if for people that don't know the reason we look at early downs is because it tends to be a little more predictive when you take out third downs which are a little noisier uh kind of unique situations it's, it's a little tougher uh, to convert in most spots you see more turnovers and, and blitzes and things like that so um you know the, the early downs are where you want to look to filter out the noise green bay dead last in run defense and, and i believe they struggled a lot in the early part of last year on run defense as well didn't really get it corrected uh till much later in the year so um if i had to lean one way or another i, I would go new orleans but uh, i'll be watching for breeze breeze stinks but i still like the saints for the fifth pick in the Sunday six-pack, I am going with Kyler. It's back. I'm here. I, I have returned to the brand. Raybon's betting on Kyler Murray. You're, You're late. I took them the first two weeks. This is all backwards. <laughs> I know, man. It's, it's, been, it's been an interesting year. Uh, but, yeah, I, I'm back on the Kyler train. I have Cardinals versus Lions power rated as Cardinals – minus six and a half you can still get the line at minus five and a half at bet mgm the official odds provider of the action network podcast so i like locking in the other side of that key number of six with the cards in this spot i i really respect what what cliff kingsbury has kind of well really i should say more so just kyler murray it, forget kingsbury it's it's just the kyler show uh, you know, you have a, a washed Larry Fitzgerald. Christian Kirk has disappeared, uh, and yet you're making it happen. You're, you're, you're putting up rushing yards. You're, you're hitting – you're getting the rookie, uh, the second-year guy, Isabella, involved uh, down the football field, which I think is going to be big. Uh, you're going to have an advantage with uh, Dan Arnold in, in the passing game. Max Williams, the blocking tight end, uh, went on injured reserve. So uh, you still have some weapons. It's going to be unorthodox, but this Lions team was a team that I was fading. Uh, I think we went back and forth on it earlier in the year on the Favorites podcast with Chad Millman. But uh, this team, I want to like them. I, I like what Daryl Bevel's done. Looks like they're going to get Kenny Galladay back. That should help the, the total get over in this game. But they just never seem to put it together. And, and it's not just Patricia who's, you know, got a, a dismal record with Stafford, uh, a dismal record without Stafford. 
uh, both against the spread and straight up. But it's also Matthew Stafford has never quite gotten it done consistently uh, in big spots either. When he's facing uh, a winning team, and I, a winning team, I bring this up every time uh, we talk about the Lions. But he's now just twenty-eight uh, and forty-five with two pushes, thirty-eight percent against the spread in his career. Uh, against winning teams, failing to cover by over a field goal, 3.3, uh, including 3-7 and seven in September. So even if you have those you know, 2-0, and 3-0 oh, oh teams, he's struggling against them to cover. Straight up, he's 22-50, and 31% straight up uh, against winning teams. So you know, maybe you think about the Cardinals as a teaser if it gets up to 6.5 later in the week. But this, this spot, I, I just think with the Lions injuries at cornerback, uh, that's going to play into the Cardinals, who don't have you know the best receivers, but they have one really good one now in DeAndre Hopkins. It's going to be really tough for the Lions to cover him. And on the other side, you know, uh, Arizona's kind of hung in there. Uh, you know, they got they they got lucky a little bit with San Francisco getting hurt in Week One, but um, played played well enough to hold them to twenty, uh, and then held uh, a Washington team that put up twenty seven on on Philly. Got some short fields. Uh, held them to 15. So Arizona still hasn't allowed more than 20 points yet. I think that'll change. I think with Galladay back, that will really help. But you're still going to have a team that's like handing off to Adrian Peterson and Carrion Johnson, and they're going to give Ty Johnson some snaps, and they're trying to work in the rookie Cephas and, and a cornerback in Jamal uh, Agnew is, is out there running around. So like, there's a lot going on for this Lions team. None of it is very good. Give me the Cardinals minus five and a half. Yeah, I can't – I mean, look, for everything inside of me, once to bet the Lions here. I mean, they're 0-2 uh, going against the 2-0 Cardinals. But the problem is – I mean, I power rate this right around 5.5. I, I still can't get – I don't really care what the Lions have done the first two weeks. Cause I, I can't take too much from it because they've just been so unhealthy. We only saw three quarters of their basically healthy team, and they were dominating the Bears. And then since then, you know, they've had – Offensive linemen, Nick Williams, their starting defensive tackle go down. Their number one receiver go down. They, all their corners have gone down. I mean, Jeff Okuda, their number, you know, their first round draft pick, he suited up last week. I mean, his first ever start, he's gonna, you're not going to be able to cover Devontae Adams. So, I mean, I don't even know how good Okuda is. Listen to this. Devontae Adams had 36 yards. The Packers had more points than Devontae Adams had yards last week. 30, yeah, 42 so, I mean, he, went out, he went out and didn't have to come back in with a, with a hamstring injury. I, I, but I just I couldn't get a read on him in, in his first game. So – are the Lions going to be healthier this week? It looks like they're going to get Vitae back a tackle. It'll be his first game. Nick Williams might be back. Galladay might be back. But their corners are still beat up, so it's really hard for me to get a read on them. It's a great spot on paper. I This is one I disagreed with you on, although I don't – it's not like I love the Lions. I wish I was – if I was getting seven here, I would take the Lions. I might look for uh, Detroit Live. And you mentioned the over. It is two teams that do want to play fast, so I, I don't hate that. For the sixth pick of the Sunday six-pack, I'm going with the Buffalo Bills, minus two and a half at BetMGM, the official odds provider of the Action Network podcast. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Um, look, the Rams have played excellent through the first two weeks. I've upgraded them, but this line is crazy. I still make this right around four. Shouldn't be under a field goal. The Rams, unlike the 49ers, went to West Virginia, had a travel back. East and now, so I know people are gonna be like Big Vase five and zero in the one p.m. Eastern time slot coming. I don't, I don't care about the five game sample size, but this time he's came east to Philly. Have to go back west. Have to come back east to Buffalo. Not ideal, but from a matchup perspective, I do like 
the Bills for a number of different reasons. They should get both of their linebackers back, Milano and Edmonds, this week. Both of them were out against the Dolphins last week. There was a lightning delay. Gailey and Fitzpatrick went into the locker room. They said, we need to attack the middle of the field with Gesicki, and they just burnt their backup linebackers to death. But they practiced today. They should be back. That'll help them against the Rams, who like to throw to their tight ends. And obviously the Bills have the corners and the safeties to match up with the Rams' the, the Rams receiving core. The offensive lines, this will be the first intact offensive line the Rams will face all season. And the Rams are bottom three in the NFL in pass rush win rate. You know where the Bills are? They're number one in the NFL. Their defensive line is playing excellent. They're going to go against a really bad, really bad Rams offensive line. The Rams are doing a lot of things to compensate for that. But there's some tape now on what the Rams are doing. So I don't think that they're going to be as effective as time goes on. So, look, Josh Allen, who leads the NFL in passing yards somehow through two weeks, um, I think that he's going to make enough plays here. The Bills' defense has the advantage, and I think this game will be won in the trenches for Buffalo. I make this four. I'm getting the Bills under a field goal at home after the Rams started out 2-0. and I think we're getting too much value on Buffalo, and we're overreacting a little bit to the Rams' start. They could have easily lost to the Cowboys, if not for a questionable fourth down call and a pass interference call at the end and then they just beat a Eagles team in disarray last week so I bumped them upgraded them slightly but I'm not getting overly excited and saying that the Bills shouldn't be more than a field goal favorite at home here so give me Buffalo I actually agree with a lot of what you said I think those are great points on the matchups I still have it uh, right in line with the with the consensus at uh, the Rams as two and a half point underdogs listen this is another one of those spots that just the only thing that really worries me is that Josh Allen's a little bit unpredictable, you know, and, and it's just kind of like Rivers. Yeah. It's like, I know you'll win some of those bets, but uh, I'm always wary of, the, of, of them in that spots because the Rams are really protecting the football and protecting golf. And I'm actually going to get to that a, a lot more. I want to talk about this game a lot more in our favorite total section. So I'm just going to table that uh, for, for one moment. Let me just recap our six pack. Uh, you took the New England Patriots minus six against the Vegas Raiders. You have the Saints minus three against the Pack, and you have the Bills minus two and a half against the Rams. I have the Cowboys plus five and a half against Seattle, the Giants plus four against San Fran, and the Cardinals minus five and a half against Detroit. So let's get right into our favorite over-under plays. Now I want every bit of information that you've got in this, every lead. Is that clear? I'm taking the Rams bills under, you know, for all the reasons you said, I, I think this is going to be a low scoring game. I think Buffalo matches up extremely well now that they have their linebackers back. They've, oh, they've been top three in yardage allowed to tight ends the last couple of years under Sean McDermott. Uh, and you know, that was an outlier with Gesicki and also Gesicki played a lot in the slot. I believe it was 26 times he ran a route out of the slot in that matchup. So he's not a true tight end and he won't play in line as much as Tyler Higby will. Um, you, I think you will see a lot of heavy personnel from the LA Rams. And you look at the Rams and what they're doing to protect Goff. It's the quick passing game, which they've had some decent success with. Uh, it's kind of a grind though, to get up and down field drives could take a while, but LA is number two in the league in percentage of rushes on early downs in the first half at 57%. Only the New England Patriots have run it more in those spots. So that naturally plays into the under. 
Uh, and you're also going to, you may have some inclement weather, uh, 11 to 13 mile per hour winds in the forecast. Uh, the under is 55% when it gets to 10 or more, uh, historically the Buffalo under with Josh Allen, of course is two Oh, and two this year, he's been lighting it up, but still, even with those two defeats, still 19 and 10, 66% all time with him as a starter. And I don't think it'd be quite as easy to get that deep ball with, uh, some, some, some tougher weather and, with that Ram secondary, which still is a strength, you know, regardless if they're not getting uh, as much pass rush, they can still defend uh, on the boundaries. We saw that. That was really the reason to me that they won that game against Dallas. It's because every time, you know, Amari or uh, CeeDee Lamb uh, caught a ball for the most part, Dallas, uh, LA was right there with their corners. It wasn't even just Ramsey. Of course, he makes the play at the end, get, you know, sells the call. So uh, I think it's going to be a low scoring game. And so I actually favor this total uh, more than than either side in this one. I think it is a toss up. I think if, if I wasn't as worried about Josh Allen, I would probably have this power rated Bills by three, three and a half. But sticking with the two and a half, just because it, it's hard to predict, uh, you know, it, whether he's going to like fumble it or something like that. I'll just respond with a question to you. This is clearly the best secondary the Bills will have faced, right? They've faced the Dolphins and the Jets the first two weeks. So, but they've been throwing as much as anybody in the NFL, um, you know, based on when the games was, was not out of hand over the first two weeks. Do you, have you adjusted like, cause the bills are supposed to be a run heavy team. Have you adjusted like the amount of touches? Do you think that continues? That's the only thing that I would worry about. I mean, nope. the bills are just chucking it. I don't because you look at those matchups, it's Miami and the jets, two of the worst defenses in the league. And like, if you were the coach, do you want Josh Allen uh, dropping back and, and letting, you know, Aaron Donald go on the interior and, and, and throw into Jalen Ramsey and Johnson and all those guys and, and Hill who's extremely underrated in, in what could be some bad weather? Absolutely not. This is a game where I think Buffalo has to be more conservative. And I, I guess I'll answer it this way. Dallas got down – I looked in the Action Network app last week. They had a 2% chance of winning that game against the Falcons. Or it might have even been 1%. They put up 40 in that game. They, they, they were held to 17 by the Rams just a week before. I know Atlanta's defense is bad, but that was still an impressive showing by the Rams' defense. And, and you know, Josh Allen, you know, with you know, a, a healthier offensive line and, and is still not as good as that Cowboys offense with Zeke and Dak and Amari and all those guys. So uh, I think this is one of the most mispriced totals of the week. I think that this is where you catch the people with the overreaction even more uh, is that, you know, Josh Allen threw for, he's leading the week in passing. Uh, you know, the Ram put up 37 last week because Philadelphia is a dumpster fire at the moment. So uh, I think the way to capitalize on the overreaction in this spot is, is to take the under at 47 and a half. Uh, I have it uh, almost a field goal lower. Fair enough. Uh, for my favorite total of the week, I'm going to Denver and I'm going with the under, under four at BetMGM. It's under 43 and a half. I also like the first half under 21 and a half-ish, anything over 21. These are two teams who don't want to play fast, uh, which will certainly help the under. But if you look at what Tampa wants to do, they want to try throwing it more down the field. It's just going to take Brady time to learn this new scheme. He's going to need reps. Uh, he's going to need to develop chemistry with receivers. And what that's leading to is it's just going to lead to – you know, some mistimed routes, some bad throws that are just going to kill drives. And that's what's going on with this Tampa offense right now. I'm, you know, assuming that Brady still has it and still has the arm strength to run a more downfield aerial attack. 
their timing and their chemistry will get there. They're, they're, there's too much talent on the outside, and this offense will get better and better throughout the year. But right now, it's just a little bit off. And they're going against the Denver defense that despite not having Von Miller and despite not having A.J. Bouye, they've, you can really see the development and the progression of this defense in year two of Vic Fangio. You know, what he wants to do is not give up anything deep, and they've really competed against, you know, two pretty good teams in the AFC that have a, a lot of explosiveness. The defense is playing well enough for me to keep rusty Tampa Bay offense in check. They're going to bend. Tampa's going to be able to move the ball at times, but, you know, like Denver, they're going to most likely have stellar red zone defense. I think you're going to see a couple drive-killing throws from Brady, a lot of punts, a lot of field goal attempts. On the other side, look, this Tampa defense, I said, it's a regression candidate. They've been great across the board. We know the run defense is good, and they're going up against, you know, Denver's backup quarterback without their number one receiver. They're going to be able to get pressure. The Tampa defense should have a day. So I think this is a very low-scoring game. Lots of punts, lots of field goals, grinder type of game like we've seen, like we kind of saw in that first game with uh, Tennessee and Denver. Uh, So give me the under in the Buccaneers-Broncos game. Love it. I actually took uh, Denver's team total under uh, at 19-and-a-half as well, I like uh, I like this spot. I don't think either of these teams are going to do much on offense. And mile high unders have been the second most profitable uh, since the extra point was moved back in 2015. Second most profitable stadium to bet unders: 25, 15, and one, 60 percent uh, plus 21 percent ROI, and 12 and three when the visitor, the team visiting the Broncos is on an overstreak of any length Tampa Bay on a two game overstreak both of their games have gone over the total this season uh, I make it Tampa Bay four and a half with the, an under of 40 uh, over under of 41 uh, so I, I am right with you uh, on this one uh, love it also think Tampa Bay probably a little bit overvalued but uh, rather just fade Denver with the backup quarterback after they had what I think is kind of some outlying success against Pittsburgh last week. Though I do think Judy and Fant are going to be uh, formidable uh, to hold up in, uh, in Sutton's absence, but that's still a big loss and you're still without Philip Lindsay. Yep. I, I completely agree with you. And I would, I'm, I'd make this still, even with all the adjustments, like yeah, four ish. So I'm hope I think there's value with Denver again for the third week in a row. And, but I'm hoping I can get seven. I hope we get some late public money. It's Brady versus uh, Driscoll. Uh, but I, I completely agree with you on everything you said as well. Yeah, I think I th- honestly, I think we should just stick with the unders here. I mean, do you really want to like go Brady against Driscoll? Like, I know like the Tampa, Tampa Bay is being overvalued, but ugh, that, that if I can get a touchdown, <laughs> absolutely. I did it. I did it last week, and I got Driscoll at Pitt. Um, I didn't know it was going to be Driscoll going in, but a touchdown definitely. If not, probably just roll with the unders. Hey, Driscoll's been. Not worse than Drew Locke in his. Good decent, <laughs> right? So, uh, yeah, not great, uh, but nah. Well, it's not a high bar. All right, so that was our favorite total of the week. I'm going with Rams Bills under 47 and a half. Stucky going with Bucks Broncos under 43 and a half. Now it's time for our favorite teaser segment. Oh yeah, six point teasers. All right. For those not familiar, a teaser is when you combine two or more bets and you get six additional points toward the spread of each of the bets. So, for example, if you are teasing an eight-point favorite, they become a two-point favorite. And an eight-point 
underdog would become a 14-point underdog. Stuck, who you got this week? Look, it's completely separate. It's the long teaser. I've done a lot of pieces about it, talked about it a lot, teasing through three and seven. What, what that would be this week is Minnesota teasing them from two and a half up to eight and a half and teasing the Rams up from two and a half to eight and a half. I also would maybe tease the Vikings up with the Patriots down. I make that line over seven, but I'll go Rams, Vikings. Look, I was so low in the Vikings, but preaching about, I downgraded them again, but I still think that there's value in the Vikings here. I want to get three, but teasing them over seven. Look, Tennessee has been kind of a mess. They lost the yards per play battle in both their games. They've won both games on Steven Guskowski game winning field goals. They might not have A.J. Brown again this week. Their secondary is decimated with injuries. John o. Smith also has an injury, too. So I, you don't know who's going to be playing for them. Tennessee's still not getting pressure, 29th in adjusted sack rate, and their secondary is just lost right now due to injuries. So Cousins is going to have time. I expect him to bounce back. I would love to get three here, but it's a great tease piece. So I'll go, and I know I'm on the Bills, but it's just Matt, it's a separate play. The Matt says tease through the three and seven. So I'll say Rams um, and Vikings. Yeah, uh, I, I like it. You know, I, I'm probably going to just stay away because the Vikings have burned me, as I mentioned earlier. But something to think about, why were the Titans having so much success last year? You know, Ryan Tannehill play actions and also Derrick Henry explosive plays. Well, early in the year, historically, he struggled to get those explosive plays the way he does uh, later in the year when you have more defensive injuries. It's colder, harder to tackle a big guy. Uh, career yards per carry for Henry, September 3.8. October 3.87, November 5.87, December and January 5.32. He's been under four yards per carry in eight of his last 10 September games, including both this year, uh, Denver 3.7, Jacksonville just 3.4. If if he's not breaking off big plays and they have no A.J. Brown and they have a shaky field goal kicker, this game's going to be close. I have it power rated uh, as the Titans just one-point favorites. Uh, so I'm actually right there with you. Don't know if I'm going to pull the trigger, but totally agree that the uh, the Titans are getting a little too much love in this spot. Uh, for my teaser, I am going with the, the Rams as well. Uh, I actually have the Rams rated equally to the Bills. I think that their, their coaching is making up for a lot. And I think even though the offensive line – uh, you know, people are kind of sniff at, uh, scoff at it, but it still has continuity. You know, now that everyone's healthy, uh, they do have some continuity there, and it's played a lot better. Uh, and that mixed with the coaching, I think, and uh, the potential for it to stay close because you're going to probably have a lower scoring game. I think Buffalo played a little bit closer to the vest with some playmakers on defense on the other side. So I like the Rams up to eight and a half. And uh, going with Houston at plus 10, it's not through the three, but uh, if you can, you know, if it goes back to four and a half and you can get past 10 and a half, which you may not because that's why the line I think got bet down because uh, it was like six and I think we all have it like five and a half to six. But uh, like Houston in this spot, they've been just outplayed against two of the toughest teams in the league. And I just expect a good effort from them this week. Deshaun Watson still 12 and seven in his career as an underdog. So um, getting up to the, the 10, I think, should help in a spot where Pittsburgh, uh, it could be somewhat of a trap spot, you know, for them. Uh, you know, we've seen the line kind of, you know, bet down. Books are kind of begging people to, to take some action on their, on their line. Um, they're dead last in offensive success rate. Uh, on the on, on the year, not just early downs, but it, they're dead last, and that surprised me um, because you know they 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 look like they kind of got it together uh, against the Giants a little bit, but just on a per play 
basis in terms of the, you know, getting, you know, yardage that's leading toward first downs. They're not doing a good job. They came like a, a 80 yard chase Claypool touchdown and a 59 yard James Connor run, which we know uh, big plays are difficult to sustain and repeat. Uh, if they don't get those plays, I mean, they may lose to Driscoll and the Broncos last week. You know, it wasn't easy for them last week. So I, I'm really high on Pittsburgh, but uh, just kind of looking at them, they still seem to be getting some kinks out in the defense. Not quite, uh, not quite as dominant yet as I think it can be. So uh, I am going with the, with the Texans, uh, teasing them from four to ten, though. If it goes back to four and a half, it would make it a lot better because then you're getting through uh, the, the ten and a half. But I just think the strength of schedule is a mismatch with Pittsburgh playing the Giants and the Broncos. Uh, and, uh, you know, the, they, didn't, they didn't look that impressive in either of those games where you had Houston playing the two, two best teams in the league. Yeah, it's just brutal. I, I love this spot for Houston. After no two star playing the Ravens and Chiefs, and talk about a brutal start. Now you have to go on the road to play Pittsburgh. Uh, arguably, uh, th- you could argue it's the third best team in the AFC. You know, Pitt hasn't been – but, I mean, the line is been bet on a four. I make it five and a half. Can't bet Houston. I'll be looking for them live. Uh, it's not a great matchup on – look, they give up pressure as much as anyone, partly because Watson holds onto the ball for so long, and you're going against the Steelers' defensive front. That's scary. Uh, it looks like Fuller will play. Not on the injury report. That will help. Uh, but I just can't bet the Texans at plus four, even though it is a good spot. The Steelers have been – their offense, Big Ben, looks rusty. The offensive line is a mess with some injuries. But I'll look for the Texans live, uh, which I, I'd like plus seven or greater would be night. Like if the Steelers get the ball, go down and score first, ooh, give me the, give me the Texans live. But I don't, I don't hate your teaser. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was between this and the Vikings, but uh, going to try to go easy on the Vikings for now. All right, let's get into our Moneyline underdog parlay. Turning good weekends into great weekends. It's time for the Moneyline Parlay. All right, Stuck, where are you going this week with your Moneyline dog? Well, unfortunately, look, I had three favorites in the six-pack. I think it has to be a first in the history of the podcast for me. I was going to go with the Vikings, but I used them in the tees, and they're only two and a half point dogs. So I'll go with the G-Men. We've already been over that game, but give me the G-Men. Uh, I am going with the Chicago Bears, and this kind of goes against a lot of you know what I like to do in week three. But Atlanta covered last week, you know, miraculously, even though they had a terrible week and, you know, the whole conversation is Dan Quinn and the Falcons, how can they let this weed slip away and the onside kick and this and that, they still covered against the Cowboys. And so they're not, they're not necessarily one of those teams that fits all of those, you know, week two trends with the 0 and 2 and the 2 and the 2 and 0. So I don't feel quite as bad about it. And then you look at this spot. And uh, I think because Atlanta covered last week and now they're going against the Bears team that had one good quarter in week one and played a Giants team that, you know, obviously was struggling with with Saquon out. And you just kind of expected that to be a grind uh, and a low scoring game where they weren't going to have to do much. But now you're going against this Falcons defense that gives everyone points. I wouldn't be surprised. This is like if if Mitch Trubisky could put up, what was it, three touchdowns in the fourth quarter against Detroit, then he should have about 15 touchdowns in his game. Uh, against the Atlanta Falcons, who have just been absolutely torched uh, by Russell Wilson and Dak Prescott. Uh, granted, two elite quarterbacks, but uh, this defense hasn't been good for years now. And you look at uh, Dan Quinn, and he's just 15 and 16. He actually has a losing record as a money line favorite, straight up a losing record on the money line as a favorite in non division games. 15 and 16. He's 10 and 12 
in non-division home games when he's a favorite. And he's just three and nine as a money line favorite in the Falcons' last 12 non-division games. So this is just a spot where um, Dan Quinn hasn't been able to right the ship. It, it may happen later in the year. Maybe like miraculously hangs on to his job again. I don't know. But uh, early in the year, uh, still fading this, this, this Falcons team. Uh, you know, this is a spot where I think people see like a, a shaky offense and they kind of discount uh, the, the Bears' ability. Uh, if you look at Moneyline underdogs, it was a total that opens at 48 or 48 and a half, um, which, you know, generally is usually, you know, one team, like it's like this kind of game where Atlanta, you know, has a good offense. Chicago, eh, she's kind of shaky on offense, but uh, bad defense for, for the favorite. Uh, 18 and 11 are these Moneyline dogs straight up uh, in these spots with the spread. Um, you know, in, in this plus three to plus four range, I, I make it bears by uh, plus two. So I, I like locking in, um, you know, it's kind of value on the uh, on the spread as well, if you want it, but just going with the money line at plus 150. Uh, Julio Jones also banged up and, and doesn't look quite himself for the Falcons. I don't think they score that many points against the uh, against the bears. Remember, they, they still only scored 25 against the Seahawks, even with all those yards. So uh, I think it's gonna be tougher this time around. Uh, I disagree with the year, obviously. I make this four and a half. I still like the Falcons. I mean, look, this comes down to the, who has the better quarterback. Does it? Yes. It never no, does the with the defense, Falcons. It never does. The, Bear, the Bears are the most fraudulent 2-0 team I've ever seen in my life. I mean, they should have lost to the Lions if every single Lions defensive player doesn't get hurt or get kicked out of the game, and then they drop a wide-open touchdown pass. Mitch Trubisky did nothing for three quarters. Then they play the Giants – uh, just as bad of a secondary situation. Mitch Trubisky in the second half goes 5 of 10 for 26 yards and two picks. One of those five completions was on a fourth down in the double coverage that got tipped and an offensive lineman caught it to convert. He, look, the Bears, I have not changed anything with their power ratings. It's still a terrible football team that just lucked their way into two wins. I just don't think that he'll be able to keep up with Atlanta. I know Atlanta's defense is terrible. The secondary is terrible. Mitchell make one or two awful throws. I don't think that they'll keep up. But it is Dan Quinn and it is the Falcons, so I'm sure that they'll fail on fourth downs and in the red zone and the Bears will win. It's a fade on the Falcons where, where I think people are over – like from a betting perspective, because they covered, I think people will be a little too happy to take the, you know, the Falcons. And I, I mean, four and a half, that, that's a lot for the Falcons, just given their like, ineptitude at closing out game. Like, they're like a, the Lions 2.0, essentially. Uh, let's get into our best of the rest. All right, let's start with Cincinnati at Philly. Philly, five and a half point favorites, total of 46 and a half. Fletcher Cox looks like he's going to miss, and Jalen Rager, the wideout, just went on IR. What are your thoughts, Dougie? Yeah, I have to adjust for Fletcher Cox, but the, I mean the the Eagles still have a really good defensive line that should dominate this line of scrimmage. I'm gonna maybe bring it down a little bit, but I bet the Eagles. Look, it's a perfect buy low spot. They've been a complete disarray. I hated the Eagles coming into the year, hated them, but I also hated the Bengals. The Bengals' defense is atrocious. Their offensive line is atrocious. Joe Burrow, I think, is the solution at quarterback and is doing some good things. A lot of short passes. And he's going to be really good, but it's still going to take some time. The Eagles, Carson Wentz has been the worst quarterback in the NFL, no question about it, through two weeks. He's, defensive yards over replacement has been the worst of any quarterback in any two-game stretch over the past 10 years, the first two weeks. Any two-game stretch. 
But this game, you could just hand the ball off and you can lob it to your tight ends against the Bengals and just completely move the ball up and down the field like we saw with the Browns. So I make this over seven, Rager and Cox. It hurts, but I, I think the, the Eagles can exploit the Bengals up the middle of the field. And even if Cox misses, they can get pressure on Burrow. They can dominate the line of scrimmage. I'm still super low on the Bengals. I was super low and still am super low on the Eagles. Darius Slay is not the answer to your defensive problems, like I've been saying. And uh, But I make this over seven, so I'd lay uh, anything under seven with the Eagles in a really, really strong by low spot um, after they failed to cover in their first two weeks by an average of five or more. And teams that do that, and this includes the Jets too, which we'll get to next, teams that haven't covered by an a- in their first two weeks and haven't covered by an average of five points or more, Eagles and the Jets, since 2003, they're 50 and 26 against the spread since 2003. It's 66%. So I'm on the Eagles here. It stinks. Hold your nose. I actually like the uh, contrarian under in this game in the Doug Peterson era. The home under for the Eagles, 25 and 11, 69%. Lincoln Financial has been the most profitable stadiums to bet unders uh, since 2015. And uh, A.J. Green averaging 3.6 yards per target. Joe Burrow has targeted him way too much. I think he's feeling pressure to target the, the star player that's clearly lost a step. Uh, and Slay's not been doing too bad of a job. Held Robert Woods to just one catch. Uh, in his coverage last week, and they also held Terry McLaurin in check in week one. So uh, I think the Eagles really want to play this close to the vest and and just get a win and not do anything too crazy uh, in this one. So I'm going with the contrarian under uh, rather than picking a side. The NFL season is upon us, and our friends at BetMGM Sports are offering Action Network podcast listeners a great sign-up offer. Just make your first deposit using the bonus code ACTIONPOD and receive a 100% deposit match up to $500. They've got parlay bonus payouts, live betting markets, daily odds boosts, all sorts of great stuff. So download the BetMGM app today or visit BetMGM.com to sign up and use the code ACTIONPOD to double your bankroll with a 100% deposit match up to $500. As a reminder, you must be 21 or older and physically located in the great states of Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Nevada, or West Virginia. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and Nevada, 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey and West Virginia, or 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Promo offer not available in Nevada. And now, back to the show. We got the Jets. 11 point underdogs at BetMGM with a total of 43 and a half. Uh, What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mentioned that trend on buy and low, but sometimes you got to look at teams, and some teams are just not meant to be bet in a certain year. Jets are dumpster fire. Colts should control the line of scrimmage on both sides. Um, I make this 9.9, so there's no real value either way. I threw the Colts into a money line parlay with the Ravens to get them down. Sadly, we won't be able to debate that game on Monday, but I'm very confident the Ravens win. So, and we'll be we talking about that on our Sunday night podcast. But I can't bet the Jets. I also can't lay it here based on the number. But it's I'm not just blindly buying low on the Jets here. Yeah, after I adjusted for injuries, you, you have Brashad uh, Perriman out for the Jets. Connor McGovern center out. Uh, Crowder still iffy uh, with a hamstring. Uh, I actually have it at 11 and a half, but I, I'm not laying that. I'm just going to stay away. You look at Adam Gase. He is. 10 and 18 against the spread as a road underdog, 36%. But 7 and 2 when the spread is 5 or below. 
But once it gets to five and a half or higher, just four and 15, 21% in his career uh, as a road underdog. So would not be surprised at all to see the Colts blow out a team for a second consecutive week. Wavion Bell, last year, first year with the Jets, career low, 3.2 yards per carry. In year one, Frank Gore averaging a career low, 3.2 yards per carry. The Jets have been the number nine graded team in PFF run blocking, and they're still 31st in rushing yards per game. They're also dead last in pass blocking. This will not go well. Uh, for the Jets. We have the Washington football team going to Cleveland, seven-point favorites, total 44-and-a-half. Cleveland getting back Greedy Williams and and Kevin Johnson at corner, it looks like, along with linebacker Mac Wilson. What are your thoughts, Stuck? Yeah, you also want to keep your eye on the Browns' offensive line. This could be – and their injuries. This could be a game where both defensive lines really dominate the game, but in the end, the Browns have more weapons – um, the Browns have a better secondary, which I think will be the difference. But I make the line spot on. This, to me, looks like a pure stay away. Uh, I lean toward the under in this one as well. Uh, we could be getting 15-mile-per-hour winds, also a 20% chance of rain. And uh, the Browns have Denzel Ward, who can uh, take away Terry McLaurin. And, and, and I agree. I think the Washington football team, their front seven is still ferocious. And the Browns, we know they want to – uh, run the ball. This is not a spot to let Baker Mayfield just drop back all day uh, against this front seven, even with the, some deficiencies in the secondary. So uh, I am looking at the under at uh, F44 and a half. I make it a couple points lower. The final game we have to get to the Panthers, six and a half point dogs going to LA to face the Chargers. Winless team versus the team with a better record, 59%. Do we back the Panthers here? Or is this just the stay away stuff? Yeah, I made this slightly under seven. And the Chargers, who I loved last week against the Chiefs, they're built to be a good underdog this year. They way they want the way they want to play, but this isn't a team built to as a to cover as a big favorite of the touchdown or more. If you can get over a touchdown or a touchdown, um, either live or before the game with the Panthers, take it. I know they don't want McCaffrey, but their coaches have done a good job given the circumstances there, and they've they've competed in both of their games so far, even though they gave up a play touchdown, meaning a touchdown that cost you last week. But, yeah, I was able to get 7.5 minus 115 early in the week. If it's under 7, which is where it is now, it's a pass for me. Yeah, I feel the same way. I have it power rated as Panthers plus 6. I do worry about McCaffrey, though. I like the under again in this one more than a side. You look at Anthony Wynn, who is a former running back and a former running backs coach. His under when in L.A. at home uh, and just in his career, I believe he had a couple of games with the Bills, um, but 18 and seven toward the under 72 percent. The Chargers have run an NFL high 41.5 rushing plays per game. Now, I know that's a little inflated because of overtime, but the Chargers are also top three in early down rush rate at 56 percent in the first half. So I think you have on one side a team that wants to run the ball, uh, decent defense, and you have the Carolina Panthers without their best uh, you know, weapon overall offensively and one of their top West weapons in the passing game, which we know affects uh, the, the point differential and point scored a lot more than you know, just flat out you know, running. So I uh, think it's a good under spot, but yeah, also would like – the Panthers at more than a touchdown. That's going to do it for best of the rest. Let's get into our survivor pool pick of the week and then get out of here. 
One pick. One chance to advance. Survivor. All right, Stuck. You used the Bills and the Browns so far. Both of those teams uh, have won. I've used the Steelers and the Titans, who just barely won last week. I'm just going to say I'm going, I'm going with the Colts this week. I, I don't, you know, it's not often you get to play the Jets. Rivers. Yeah, but 11, I'm, I, like as much as I'm worried about Rivers, I am even more worried about the Jets. I mean, there's nothing good about this team. And, and, and Adam Gase, like the, there's a huge coaching mismatch with Frank Reich against Adam Gase. Yeah, uh, I've, I'm still sticking with my plan. I wrote a pizza for my survivor plan this year. My plan for week three was the Patriots on a short week uh, for the Raiders. And uh, I'm rolling with New England here. Not bad, not bad. Um, I think you have to kind of take advantage of the Pats, especially early in the year with Cam Newton healthy. Because, again, I, I have my doubts about whether he'll be able to make it through the whole year. Uh, but great show, Stuck. Congrats again on the big week. Last week, you guys can find Stucky on Twitter, at Stucky2, and at the same handle in the Action Network app. And you can find me, at Chris Raybon, on both we have Stucky and Colin Wilson with their college podcast. Also have uh, the Fantasy Flex coming out next week. A lot of great stuff. So, of course, stay tuned to the channel. Leave us a rating and a review. We would really appreciate it. And good luck on your bets this weekend. Let's get this money. Ravens. We're finished talking.